My name is Michelle and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin branch school. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many, but we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, or the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He may choose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple, Yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? 
A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is, Yah is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men, whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading this evening will be Proverbs, the 16th chapter, and that will please be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. And if we could also begin the evening with a prayer by Dr. Jake Biontech from the Green Bay, Wisconsin branch. Thank you. Excuse me, Michelle, th that was 16, right? Yes. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Um, let us all bow our hearts and minds. And thank Yashua for, for bringing us on tonight. It's, it's always a blessing to be here and, and to see all your names on the screen and to hear your voices and, and for us to, to have each other through these, through these days that are seemingly getting tougher. I know it is for me and I'm assuming for most of you, it's the same. Um, and just thank him for letting us be here to meditate on, on his creation, on the scriptures, on the, on the good words that our, our speakers tonight will have to say as well. Um, 
So with that, let us say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll be reading Proverbs, the 16th chapter. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but Yahweh weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto Yahweh, and thy thoughts shall be established. Yahweh hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to Yahweh. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of Yahweh, men depart from evil. When a man's ways please Yahweh, when a man's ways please Yahweh, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with them. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart devises his way, but Yahweh directeth his steps. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. A just weight and balance are Yahweh's. All the weights of the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of a king is a messenger's is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is light, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an hum humble spirit with, a with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in Yahweh, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is the wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and added learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth of him. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise forward things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. 
The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of Yahweh. Thank you. I would like to welcome everyone this evening. Thank you for coming to visit our class tonight. And just a reminder, we'll be streaming live to YouTube this evening. We'll start with a three speaker format. Our first speaker that we'd like to invite on the floor is Dr. Jake Piontek from the Green Bay, Wisconsin branch. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Hello. I can't say I'm too surprised. I had a feeling that was coming. Um, it's been a lot on my mind lately. Um, if you guys can hear the rain behind me, let me know and I will do my best to make that stop. But um, yeah, there's been a lot on my mind. Um, so for people that don't really know a lot about me, I like to consider myself, I'm gonna say this in quotations, an academic person, though I wouldn't say I'm a PhD or anything like that, but I do like to read and I spend a lot of time doing that type of thing outside of class. And I listen to a lot of podcasts on my commute to work. Um, and I just started this new podcast um, recently. It's called Metaphysical Milkshake. Um, so it's a podcast about, um, it's run by these two guys. Uh, one's a professor in California. Um, his first name's Reza. Um, don't know what his last name is. Um, he's pretty much the annoying one on the podcast. And then the other one um, is Rain Wilson. Um, he's an actor. Uh, you may know him if you've ever watched The Office. He plays Dwight Schrute. Um, but uh, they talk about on this podcast, uh, Metaphysical Milkshake, they talk about humanity's biggest questions. Um, and that's a pretty broad term, right? Um, there's a lot of big questions. Well, you know, the missing links in evolution, um, things like that. Um, some of them that they asked that I've listened to, um, what does life really mean? Uh, why does uh, man have a, such a, a desire to follow religion or a spirituality um, even though inherently when they speak scientifically, um, evolutionarily, um, there may not be full on, you know, benefits to those types of things. Now, obviously evolution is a, a debated topic and I don't really want to talk about it whatsoever. Um, but I do want to talk about the very first podcast that I listened to from them, um, and the big question for that podcast is life after death. Um, Cause that's been the biggest thing on my mind lately. And it's something we talk about quite a bit, but it's, it's still something that I think is very interesting um, and extremely important to know. Um, so they talked about it a little bit. Um, they had 
Um, I forgot who they had as a guest to talk about it and it doesn't really matter. Um, but they were talking about it and one person, Reza, uh, he didn't really give an answer of what he felt he believed in. Um, but Rain, um, the actor that I mentioned earlier, he gave the explanation of, um, I believe everything that we do in this physical life is in preparation for what comes next after we die. Now, a lot of people will, will, a lot of people in this world agree with that type of thing. They think that going on after this life, you know, the physical things we're just waiting for when we die and we go to heaven, you know, we're going to arrive at the pearly gates. Paul's going to go through his checklist and be like, Oh, Hey, you're here. Welcome. We're going to show you to your room. Um, and we start to learn about God and then we get to do whatever we like doing in this world. So if you like playing golf, you'd play golf. If you enjoyed making milkshakes or whatever, you do that too. Um, but as we know down here, that is just not the case. Life after death is not some fairy tale, you know, thing that people, that man has made up to comfort themselves because they don't know the right answer. They don't know that spiritual truth that we come to know down here. Um, and give me a second here. I did have a scripture that I wanted you to pull up. Um, I apologize. Just grabbing my notes. In, uh, I'm, I have a few verses here, so I'm going to have you grab. Um, I'm going to have you grab John. 11 and if you could start at i'm gonna say 25 but if you feel you can pick it up before that that's fine too but 25 after it please john 11 and 25 uh let's pick it up a little bit okay. um, let's go to 21 then said Martha unto Yahshua, Master, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of Yahweh, Yahweh will give it to thee. Yahshua saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yahshua said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Right. So you can stop there for a second. So right there, um, Yahshua um, is speaking to his disciples. Um, Meredith, if I heard you correctly, and I don't have it pulled up here, I apologize. Martha. Uh, Martha, thank you. Um and is basically saying, if you believe in me, you will never die. Now, when he says that, we all know that doesn't mean a physical death, right? Um, we are all going to die. We are all going to take off this flesh. 
at some point in our life, whether that's right now, tomorrow, two days from now, 10 years from now, however long, however long Yahweh has you in this purpose for, you will be in this flesh. But after that, depending on if you truly love and believe in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, you will not die that second death. And that is where after, you know, I'm going to talk about the preparation a little bit here because there's a a bit of confusion and a little bit of things that need clarification. So when we come down to this class, we're here to learn. We're here to understand and know Yahweh our Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah. You know, Yahshua the Messiah is our savior. Um, there's no getting around that. You will, there's nowhere in, in the scriptures that tell you anything different. Um, and there's a confusion on when the preparation happens. Now, that preparation happens for life after death, after you're sealed in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not before then. It's not something that's happening, you know, right now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, just because you're in class, that preparation doesn't mean, that doesn't mean the preparation is happening. That only happens when you have the Holy Spirit, right? Now, when you die, you're just kind of waiting for the end to happen. And I I don't have great understanding on that. So hopefully this can be a foundation for tonight and someone can pick it up a little further on that um, and continue forward with it. But that preparation happens all the way up until that next stage, till that full on spiritual revelation that we're all waiting for, hoping for, hoping that we are going to be in it and absolutely hoping for it. And, um, yeah, I, I just lost what I was about to say. Um, wow. Okay. You have the preparations so Right. Thank you. Um, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, that preparation is going to continue to happen once you receive that Holy Spirit. And you will not be fully prepared until that next age comes. And then from there, we'll be with the Father, learning about him in the ages to come. But that is such a confusing thing for people in this earth plane um, and in this physical body where they think that preparation is happening right now without anything. Um, You know, we're here, all of us are learning something about Yahweh, but that does not mean preparation is happening because it's an academic understanding that we are gaining. And the only time that we are preparing anything in this class when it comes to that, to that preparation is when we are steel, sealed and we have that true love and spiritual understanding of the things that we are he- hearing on this floor, whether that's coming from Steve or Dennis or Karen or whoever, that you are not being prepared until you have that Holy Spirit. And there's no, there's no debate about that. Um, so I'm kind of all over 
but I really just wanted to kind of start off that topic because I think it's something that's really something that needs to be talked about more um, in a deeper context. It's always touched on. It's something that there's a, you know, a small understanding, but not a complete understanding, not that we'll ever have a perfect understanding of this, of this teaching. Um, so with that, I am going to step off. Um, I'm really happy to see everyone and I'm excited to hear what other people have to say. Um, and thank you. Thank you. The next speaker we would like to call on would be Dr. Kobe Brown. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I too, uh, I too am glad to, to be here. Uh, yeah, we're sorry to bring me down here, and I do, I do love him for that. Um, there's been one thing on my mind of late, and it's the gift that Yahweh has given us all. I don't know if we thought about it that way. I didn't, but for whatever the reason, um, uh, the Green Bay class, um, the last two that I did attend, kind of brought it to my conscious, I'll put it that way. And what I'm talking about is our aim, uh, the second one. Can we, can we get that and read that? To form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity uh, in Yeshua the Messiah. Uh, mm -hmm. To form a nucleus. And that's a center. That's a hub. A uh, 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 universal brotherhood. And then it goes on to say of humanity. And what I thought was interesting about that is Yahweh has put this class together from all over the world. And we have a chance to experience that brotherhood of humanity. And I was thinking, wait a minute, of humanity? And humanity doesn't even know anything about, about Yahshua. So, hmm, what, what does that mean, really? It's a brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua. And that's us, a gift to us. Yahweh has given us this brotherhood in Yahshua. And we now know or have tasted a reason of why that's happened. Um, COVID kind of brought it out and then Zoom. And, and we're still meeting. We're still coming together and we're still holding each other's arms up and it doesn't matter where we're at. Continue reading that. To form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality creates sex caste. What race you are, we don't care what nationality you are, we don't care what your fundamental uh, religion is. We don't care uh, what your belief is. We don't care what sex you are, what caste you are, or, or color. We don't care. Why? Because none of those things exist in the spirit. None of those things exist in the spirit. So when we come together as, uh, on Zoom, 
and, and we're lifting each other hands up. Um, we're trying to encourage one another. We're trying to teach one another. We're trying to learn. We're trying to hear. And that is a gift from Yahshua to us. And I no longer take it lightly. And I put it that way because I did old classes on the Zoom, okay, tonight. I definitely want to be there if I can. But it's, it's more than that now uh, to me. It's always been more than that, but for whatever the reason, now it's it's it means a lot. Um, I hear the brethren, and I'm just uplifted. It's not a feeling, though. We don't we don't go about a feeling uh, that can get you in trouble. This class is based on. Uh, can we put, can we go to the Amotus chart in the cloud? I'm, I'm going I'm to give an example if if I can. Um, this this class is 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 based on the archetype original pattern of the universe, and that is the word or the sun and everything laid out in this entire world as we know it follows that pattern. And that's how we learn too, according to the pattern. And it has nothing to do with feelings. Now, the example I wanna use um, is, is this. A doctor gets on the floor and he picks a subject or a topic via Yahshua. And he starts to share. Um, and what I'm talking about, he starts to give knowledge, not just information, but knowledge. That has nothing to do with a feeling. Now, if you listen close to the word choice, it draws a picture, it paints a picture. And even doctors say, do you see that? Now, do you see it? Because it's not about a feeling. You're not saying, do you feel it? You're saying, do you see it? And if you do see what the point is, what's trying to go across, it may bring a smile to your face because you've had a revelation. And it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And it gives you something to stand on. It gives you a place to hold on to and you can be still and confident in what you've just learned. Knowledge in the holy place, a most holy place, beauty in the holy place, foundation in the court roundabout. And that's how we learn. Knowledge we see it, we get an understanding, and we often say, oh, that's just beautiful. That's just pretty. Giving you, adding to your foundation. And that's like one, two, three. There's a process, and we learn that way. And I witness to it every time someone gets on the floor. If it's just a testimony, or if it's an outright 
beautiful scripture lesson. And I've just been thinking about it because that's how we learn from each other. And, and that's kind of what I've been thinking about. I know it's just a, just a testimony, but I wanted to share that with you. And, and I'm done. I'm, I'm going to sit back and eat now because I know this table's getting full. And I thank you for the time. I love you guys. And loving Yashu. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kobe. Our next speaker will please be the Dean of our Madison, Wisconsin branch, Dr. Steve Ganyam. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> I enjoy testimonies, uh, always have. Uh, sometimes people don't know when to shut up. Get, your, get something out there and sit down. And uh, I did that for the first 20 years I was in class. Happy to be here. And uh, took me a long time to get enough confidence to speak from the floor. Um, uh, this, um, <laughs> Jake, how many times did Jake say preparations? <laughs> and uh, the first verse of the scripture reading in Proverbs 16, read 16 and 1 for me. Sorry, trying to unmute myself. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. It's from Yahweh. Proverbs is uh, uh, always kind of nice to go in and look at. Uh, I mean, each paragraph is a whole thought in itself. And then there's just so much in this thing. But, uh, you know, it starts at Pentecost. Um, we all have to have our Pentecost. And... Uh, before I get that going on that, I just want to get uh, John 4, 22 and 23. Have that read. How many John readings? 4 and 22. Okay. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Mm -hmm. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. And, and you know, this is just who, huge. Now, when you got this Moses chart up here, uh, above the cloud, uh, it says Yahweh is spirit, manifest, manifesting within the clouds, symbolizing eternity, Jerusalem above. Yahweh is spirit, and then we have the attributes put in the cloud, and, and this spirit, you know, just take it for granted all the time that we know what spirit is, but when I came in and they pointed to this, I had no idea that wisdom was spirit, knowledge, intelligence, love, beauty, justice, power, foundation. I didn't understand that that was what spirit was, and uh, everything is made up of spirit there's enough Yahweh is spirit it says he doesn't have it he is it he is wisdom he's the sum total 
He is the sum total of intelligence, knowledge, the sum total of all these attributes and more. And he dwells in a state that we can't see. We can only understand it, but get for me, Romans 1, 19 and 20. Or, or uh, Kobe was talking about this pattern. One of the things he gave them was a tabernacle pattern. And Elohim is the archetype, original pattern of the universe. And in our moderation, we say everything is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern. And that and what Paul says here in Romans 1 and 19. Read 19 and 20, and I'll just let you read through it. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, so that they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. We've heard this a million times, but go ahead, start it again, and I'm going to interrupt you. Because that which may be known of Yahweh. So that which may be known of Yahweh or Yahweh is spirit, that which may be known of spirit. Yahweh is spirit. So we want to know something about something we can't see. Read. Is manifest in them, for Yahweh has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So now he's telling you that you can see invisible things by the things that are made. And if you look at this Moses chart, that which may be known of Yahweh was manifested in the midst of them. The tabernacle. They had a covenant. Yahweh spoke a covenant and then had the tabernacle built because they knew that they couldn't keep it. And we know when you look at the tabernacle, uh, uh, can you jump to just the tabernacle? Yeah. In the tabernacle, there's uh, 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 sacrifices offered up for sin. The covenant was made from Mount Sinai was uh, the I do's. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt not do this. And they agreed to all the thou shalt nots, 10 of them. And then the rest were 600 and some three after that. And there were dietary things and so on and blood and all kinds of things that went on and on and on. They agreed to all this. And the penalty for not keeping the covenant was death. They threw big rocks at you. But Yahweh made a way of escape through this tabernacle, which is represents his body. And uh, something had to die so that you would live. So you brought uh, something to the vessel of salvation if you broke one of the laws of Yahweh and the priest offered it up in your stead. And one day out of the year, they would wait to see if all the sacrifices were acceptable unto Yahweh. They called it the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement, if Yahweh accepted it, he would reveal himself to the high priest in the most holy place on the day of atonement, only time he went up in there. And uh, there would be a flash of the Shekinah and he'd come out and there'd be trumpets blaring and so on and so forth. And then they went on sinning again and again and again. But this is what how they knew Yahweh. There was a sacrifice that this thing, um, I always like how Yahshua, when he came in, 
they called him the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Well, a lamb had to be offered up on the altar to take away the sins of the world or you, your world. He's the waters of regeneration. There was waters for cleansing the sacrifice. He's a quickening spirit. There was a horn of anointing oil. He's the light of the world. There was a seven branch lamp. He's the bread come down from heaven. There was bread on the table of shoe bread. No man comes unto the father, but by me. There was an intercession made for of prayers in this uh, holy place. And then and when you go into the most holy place, it's a three in one structure. I and my father are one. It's a unity up in there. So this represents Yahshua. This is how you see something that you can't see. You can see the operate that has a structure and a function and everything goes by this pattern. And it's all, the purpose of the thing is salvation. That's what, to save you. And it represents Yahshua is the savior. Okay, go back to the Moses chart for me. There we go. So Yahweh is spirit, and we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. And at the time of Moses, Yahweh was not in the people during this covenant. He was in the vessel of salvation. The people camped around the vessel of salvation. Get for me Deuteronomy, what is it, uh, 4 and 26 or something. It shall be their righteousness if they could observe. Can somebody help me, Sasha? It's 24. 6, 24 and 25. Yeah, please. Deuteronomy 6 and 24. And Yahweh commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear Yahweh our Elohim for our good always, mm -hmm. that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh our Elohim as he has commanded us. So the key thing was, it's not Yahweh's righteousness. It would be our righteousness. And uh, can you help me find uh, none were found righteous? No, not one in, in uh, Paul's writing somewhere. Uh, it's... Uh... Romans third chapter around verse 21, I think. Okay. I just need to pick that point up because Paul talks about it. He was a Jew under the law and uh, he came into the gospel after the death, burial, resurrection and the outpouring of Holy Spirit. And uh, that's when he came in. So he knew a little something about the law. Read. Verse, verse 10. Michelle, you find it? In 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. <laughs> well, that's it. Short and sweet. Okay, so he talks about how none were righteous under the law. No one could keep it. That's why John the Baptist, he was, his job was to... Um, he baptized people, confessed sinners. He was, he was uh, running a funeral home. He's burying the dead in the water. You confess and he dunks you. You're dead. You're a confessed sinner. And he's look, his job was to point out the Messiah. When Yahshua came to him, he asked him if he had any sin. And 
His answer was no. So when he goes about to say, suffer, I want to be baptized of you and you're coming to me. And then suffer it to be so now, you know, yeah. because he was coming to fulfill. Okay. So, um, and Yashu, in, in the Proverbs, he's quoting there in 3 and 10, Psalms 1 through 3. I mean, 14, 1 through 3. Where are you reading? I was just going to say that Romans 3 and 10, Paul is quoting the Psalms, 14th chapter, verse 1 through 3. Okay. You want to read it? I would like to, yes. Go ahead. Okay. The fool has said in his heart, there is no Elohim. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that does good. Yahweh looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek Elohim. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that does good. No, not one. Okay. So it's just uh, expanding that point that none were righteous under the law. The law was giving to make, given to make sin exceedingly sinful. All right. So Yahshua He's the only one that can keep this law. The law was spoken in from the mountain. And he, the husband Yahweh speaks to the bride Israel, and they say, I do. Then Yahshua, because no one can keep it, he comes in, in Galatians it says, uh, made of a woman, made under the law. Can we read that? Four, three, four. Galatians 4 and 4. 4 and 4, that's it. This is about Yahshua coming in. At, he was a Jew under the law. Read. Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of the time was come. Yahweh See, now the fullness of time was come. Yahshua is the fullness of time. And uh, I think in uh, Jeremiah 31, 31, or Ezekiel talks about in the time to come. Well, this is the fullness of that time to come that was promised by Jeremiah uh, the, about the new covenant. When the fullness of that time was come, Yahshua came in, made of a woman, made under the law. Read it. Yahweh sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. So he spoke it in from the mountain. Now he's come in the flesh. And he's the only one that can fulfill it. And what by fulfilling, I mean, he's the only one that can keep it. He keeps the law. He does every jot and tittle, and he's righteous. So when he dies, he's completed it. The thing is complete in him. Yeah, you catch that? It's complete in him. So when he pours his spirit out in the day of Pentecost, you're going to need that spirit into you to be righteous because it was your righteousness. Now he's righteous. See, and, 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 you know, this, I don't know. Delilah was talking before class, but I asked her, you're a Baptist. How many times you were baptized? And she said, once she was a, watched all these people get baptized and everybody was jumping around and doing all this stuff and scared the heck out of her. And she didn't want any part of it. If that's what it was. Well, of course, that's not what it is. But they don't understand that. 
I had the same in a Pentecostal church. I had the same thing. Some they asked me, anybody not have the Holy Spirit? And a few minutes later, they were filling up a tub of water, and I was being dunked to get baptized to get the Holy Spirit. Of course, I didn't get it, so I kind of gave up on that church not too long after that. But the, you can read the words, but they just don't understand the process of Yah. They don't know that Yahweh is spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. They don't know these attributes. Um, they don't know what dispensation. Can I have the dispensation in ages? These are some basic things that... Um, we, ooh, that looks strange. There it is. I mean, rightly dividing the ages and dispensations is huge. You know, what happened in the second age, you know, is not relevant in the third age. And what happens in the third age, you know, it was fulfilled, the law. Now, the promise was never fulfilled with Melchizedek. There was a promise uh, given to Abraham and uh, that his seed would inherit and do all these things. That was fulfilled by Yahshua, and basically that's why he comes in after the order of Melchizedek. This is a long stuff, but I don't want to get into all that. But anyhow, the point of this whole thing is to, you need to know the dispensations and ages. You need to know where you are, who's talking, and where they're, where they're, Yahshua was made of a woman made under the law. He's in the third age. It wasn't until his death, burial, and resurrection he overcame death. Is there life after death? Of course there is. He resurrected on the third day. He met with the boys in Luke, uh, what is it, 24? Can we get that on the road to whatever it was, road? Uh, Luke 24, old fools. Luke 24 and 25. Or do you want me to pick it up? I'm getting there because I don't want to. So if you go back even further, he's walking and they don't recognize him. And he, he's, uh, uh, he doesn't know what's going on. And they said, I know what things. Uh, read it 19. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him concerning Yahshua of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, in word before Yahweh and all the people. So these are the apostles here. Okay, read. Now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and, how, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Be and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And he told them it would be third, three days. Okay, so read. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the... Early. Sepul sorry, early. It's cut off funny. <laughs> oh, early at the sepulcher. Thank yeah. you. Which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And so, so all this stuff is going on that he had told them that he had to go away and prepare a place for them. And he told them about the comforter. He was the comforter in John 14. And I'm going away to prepare a place in three days. And I'll raise up and 
All this is has happening, and they're telling him about it. And read it 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Okay. And beginning so he, it. And he goes to expound on them. And then he has to open their understanding. Uh, in 45, he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. You know, and, and I always liked how when uh, they talk about before Pentecost, they were all called the disciples. They were being disciplined as we are in this truth, in the gospel. He spoke truth and they uh, disciplined. But then afterwards, they were apostles, which means they were eyewitnesses. They had their, they had their eye of understanding opened. And uh, that's the thing about this thing. Uh, um, a lot of people don't like it, you know, that Yahweh is in control of everything. I always found it quite comfortable because from my perspective, I was seeing things that I never thought I could understand. I was understanding. I was seeing, I was doing like Kobe said, Oh, they would say, see, and I'd go, yeah, I see. But the witnesses, no, I see beyond that. I see the big picture. I see, I see something I never knew existed. I see spirit. I see my creator operating behind this screen through the veil of the flesh through this whole curtain of witnesses and he appears to me or has appeared to me and continues to and uh there's nothing you can and we'll, i want to go to the scripture reading because basically a lot of what he's saying in the beginning of this thing in the proverbs is uh yahweh is the one that's going to lead you to this thing he's going to do he's the all in all and that's all so can we go back to Proverbs? I hope I didn't cut things off there. Um, Mildred usually goes, Steve, you need to pick this back up. Where's my Mildred? Can we read it 16 and 1? The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. Mm -hmm. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but Yahweh weighs the spirit. See, he's working behind, you know, we, we didn't have a right thought. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. It's in Isaiah. And, and we didn't know anything. And as, as you start getting a foundation set for you and you come down here and you find out you breathe his name, you find out there's a covenant. You find out about the mystery of iniquity. He talks about he created it for his benefit. It's not the it, things are suddenly them knowing about the mystery of inequity. It's not a he's not our best friend, but he's here to cause us to cry out to Yahweh. You know, he's the contrast to right and wrong. And uh, the, the preparation of your heart and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. Everything. Um, when they built Solomon's temple, they, they had the tabernacle, and then they went off into Jerusalem, crossed the River Jordan, and after fighting off the, the, the them that knew not Yahweh, I'll just put it that way, they had a time of peace, and they made Solomon's temple, where the Ark of the Covenant was put in, and all the vessels, and so on and so forth. 
And uh, I forgot what I was going to say about that. Um, duh. <laughs> oh, never mind. It'll come back to me. It always does. Anyhow, the um, read two. Any of my readers. Oh, okay. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but Yahweh weighs the spirit. Mm-hmm. Commit thy works unto Yahweh, and thy thoughts shall be established. Yahweh hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. I just love this. He All things, this is his purpose. And if you've got that on your mind, if you recognize it's his way, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, my ways, his ways are higher. He's running a purpose. He's, he's creating a family. You know, he's creating, uh, he's saving souls. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like they said when you were a kid, it's my ball. We play by my rules in a game. And uh, so if you wanted to play, you play by the rules of the guy who had the ball, period. Well, this is Yahweh's game, and we play by his rules. He created a mystery of iniquity. He caused people to cry out for us. You know, Adam and Eve had the fall in the garden. I remember one of the first lectures I had, Dennis was on the floor a long time ago, and he talked about, you know, if you have a tree, how does a tree make more trees? The apples or whatever fruit is on it will fall to the earth and then create more trees and so on and so forth. So there has to be a falling away for life to come forward from them and so on. And it was just a simple thing that just struck me. They had to fall. They had to come out for the purpose to start. You know, time didn't even, the, the you know, Satan, it says, has but a short time. And when Satan showed up and she was deceived and they fell, that's when the clock started. He hits the clock and he's, you know, he's running the clock and he's got a, but a short time. And it's, it has to happen the way he set it up. It has to be that way. And Yahweh set it up. And then every thought and imagination down at Noah. Was evil only continue? He makes a vessel of salvation. Eight souls get in and so on. And they go over to the next age in dispensation, in the third age and so on. And, and then he, Melchizedek and Abraham, there's two dispensations and then the uh, covenant and so on. But all of it's fulfilled in Yahshua at the end. All of it is fulfilled in the death, burial, resurrection, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And here we are in the fourth age, and we see spirit now. Through the foolishness of preaching, some might be saved. Not all, some might be saved. And, and I've been to a lot of classes over the years and heard some of the best first classes and lectures. And people get up, walk out, saying, I've heard that before, or I don't like that, and go and so on and so forth. So it's, it's Yahshua. It's not the 
person on the floor giving the best lecture he can possibly give, choosing the right topic and everything, doesn't matter if Yahweh doesn't give them the increase. If Yahweh doesn't give them the ears to hear, through the foolishness of preaching, some might be saved, see? Some might be saved. And uh, that's, that's, that's what this thing's talking about. Yahweh hath made things for himself, colon. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. The mystery of iniquity. He raised up Pharaoh, you know, in this uh, time uh, in the old covenant. Children of Israel, Abraham's seed was told they would go down into a land they know not of and come back up with great substance. And they ended up going down into Egypt, selling themselves through a whole bunch of things with visions and so on to Pharaoh. But Egypt was made a mighty nation to show the power in Yahweh's name and to put them in bondage and uh, uh, so on. And, you know, in the end, before the Passover, the Pharaoh 10 different times says, who is this Yahweh? I know him not. Yahweh would harden his heart and then he would deliver them. They came to the divided waters of the Red Sea, came out of there received a covenant and went on into Canaan's land. So the whole thing goes Yahweh's way. Doesn't seem like it all the time, especially for those, you know, what is it? 300 and 400 years, they were down in bondage in Egypt. You know, didn't seem quite fair. It didn't seem quite right. But in Yahweh's perfect, Yahweh's purpose, it was perfect, right on time. Just the way he wanted it. And they sent spies up into Canaan's land. The first generation that came out went into the wilderness and all died except uh, Caleb and Joshua and the second generation because of disbelief. Doesn't seem fair. Well, it's Yahweh's purpose. Yahweh's purpose. He knows how to perfect a son. He knows this is a thing, uh, you know, Kobe, humanity is talking about. We, we are spirit bearing witness to spirit. We are brothers and sisters in this gospel. We, we, we just, uh, we hear it the same way. We smile at one another, not because of the cars we have, the houses, this, that, because we hear the same way. We hear it. You want to hear this thing, you know, and you stand and we have, a, you know, we've been given a commission to go and preach in all the world till the end come. And we, we try to hold classes on a regular basis and try to advertise. And now we have Zoom and we're around the world. We've got people coming all over the place. And, and we're certainly hoping for that end to come because this is not our inheritance. This world is Satan's kingdom. We have a job to do. You know, and we'll read a little more in here. So he brought the devil. Uh, start down at five. Thank you. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to Yahweh. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Yeah, you're not going to get away with it. You know, you can kumbaya all you want. You will be punished. Six. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Mm -hmm. So by, by mercy... And the truth, he purges the iniquity that's in us. 
Every one of us, if Yahweh wasn't in us, we were filled with those fallen angels. We were filled with iniquity. To know not Yahweh, you know, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't. We were in that category. We didn't know anything of a truth. But by mercy and truth, the iniquity was purged from us. Read. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of Yahweh, men depart from evil. Mm. Read. When a man's ways please Yahweh, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You know, there's just something about, <laughs> you know, if you're pleasing Yahweh, things just seem to fall into some sort of place. Even for Joseph in prison. You know, it's not going to be geography. It's not going to be you're going to have great things but you'll have great things he talks about this bag he's got he's going to give you a bag full of great attributes and understanding and wisdom to stand against the wiles of the devil because that's our only adversary the devil Read. better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right mm-hmm a man's heart devises his way, but Yahweh directs his step. You know, your heart, you, you long for things, but Yahweh knows how to, you know, how to chasten you, how to correct you, how to move you in the right direction. I'll just put it that way and, and read. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. A just weight and balance are Yahweh's. All the weights of the bag are his work. <laughs> All the weights of his bag. He's got a bag full of attributes. I just, I don't know. That's the way I'm looking at him. A just weight and balance are Yahweh's. You know, he doesn't give you too much wisdom. He tempers it with, you know, love and so on and, and with justice and, and allows you to stand. And, you know, the high priest, I always think of the high priest going in on the, and knowing how to mix that ingredients, that incense, and, and uh, it was the art of the apothecary, and Yahshua is the hard priest, and he knows how to, we have some intelligence, we have some love, we have some of these attributes, but they're not in a divine organization, and I just see how through the preaching of this gospel, it causes us to take what is already there and put it in a divine order, and only he can do that. Who only he can make us love proper love, see proper wisdom and intelligence and, and you know, not use it to beat people up and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's melded together with all of them. Read. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness for the throne is established by righteousness. Mm -hmm. Righteousness. Uh, drop down to 16 here quick. And How much want... better? How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? Right. And to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver. I, mean, I just want to understand and have the wisdom to use it properly. You know, you know, um, Kobe knows this one. Diane always would say, see, see, see. I just want to see. I just want to see what she was trying to show me. What was she say? See, you know, I want that understanding rather than silver. That was my, you know, 
thing. I, I just wanted to understand. People were up on these floors talking about things. I wanted to be able to appreciate and understand and see things. And uh, fortunately, uh, not like Jake, I'm not studious. Just, I guess you're long around here long enough and you're hanging in the right people that preach the truth like we've got. And uh, you, you somehow learn things. <laughs> he opens it up to you. Uh, let's see. I just want to get uh, 25 and then I'm going to take my seat, which I'm already sitting in. 25. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, and thank goodness that uh, I learned over years, you know, not to go with my gut on anything, but I'm trying to be led by that cloud. Yahweh led them by a cloud. And I have a cloud of witnesses. We have Yahweh appearing in the cloud of witnesses. And, uh, you know, people go through a lot of tough things down at the end here. And I, I, I just... You know, you didn't care about this before. You've seen something. He's shown you, you know, I, the, another lecture I heard a long time ago, Carl was working with line upon line, precept upon precept here. And uh, they used to have some song with Yahshua is with a Y and Jesus with a, with a J and it's a hook. And uh, Yahshua uses a net when he fishes line upon line, precept upon precept. So when you're doubting, you look at, well, I do breathe his name. Yahweh is real. People don't care about that. I care about that. I know it, breathe it. You know, I can't judge myself by them, but I know that that was something I didn't care about, but now I do. I understand the covenants. I can see that there was an old covenant, a new covenant. That was exposed to me. You try to explain that to anybody else, they can't see it. They take what was under the law and bring it over on this side and want to do it. I mean, they're in error. Everything about Christianity and the world is 180 degrees out of phase. And we've been allowed to see how this thing works and uh, appreciate it and, and try to support each other, talk in terms of uh, spirit and witnesses and uh, encouragement to one another and, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. You know something, you know, the mystery of iniquity is just trying to beat you up saying, yep, it was for everybody, but you, and, uh, he's a liar. We know that. So I'm going to turn it back to the moderator. I'll just tell you, I didn't type it in, but our next speaker will be the Dean of the Oceanside, California class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. Thank you for the time. Good evening, everyone. I really, I really was stimulated by the comments that the, all three of the uh, speakers made. Uh, there were things in there that were very appropriate to what this teaching is trying to cause all of us to uh, know and to become and, and what to expect here going forward. Now, that scripture reading that we read tonight is a very, very good scripturing or so many things in there and I want to go back let's start at verse 1 the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh now listen why does the heart have to be prepared 
Now, last night uh, I was in the uh, Green Bay class, and the scripture reading was Romans, the 10th chapter. In that chapter of Romans, Paul is talking about the importance of faith and the importance of believing. And I want to go back over there for a minute, and I want to talk about a couple of points in there that this scripture has a direct bearing on. So let's go back to Romans, the 10th chapter. Hold your finger in Proverbs 16. And I don't want the whole chapter, so let me get, let me get in the chapter with you. Well, okay. I'm having issues here with my, here we go. Romans 10. And I want us to go down to about, let's see here. Alright, I want to go down and start at 9. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, start at 9. Romans 10 and 9. Correct. That if you shall confess with your mouth Yahshua the Messiah and shall believe in your heart that Yahweh has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Keep reading. For with the, for with the, heart, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, here's what I want you to look at. Uh, somebody had brought out the point there were none righteous, no, not one. I think that was Steve. And the reason for that is, is because before the Messiah comes in and pours out his spirit on the day of Pentecost, nobody, nobody knew anything about the purpose of Yahweh. Now, part of the problem that existed under the Old Covenant, and I want you to understand that uh, on this chart here that we're looking at right here, the Ages chart, from the time of Adam, right there in the first age, all the way down to the time of the Messiah and the ending of the third age, nobody understood or had any knowledge of Yahweh and his purpose and plan. Not one. And every man was under the control, or I don't, I don't even want to use the word control, but let me see if I can pick the right word. We were under the direction of a carnal mind. That's all we had. Without a spiritual revelation from Yahweh of what spirit is, and how it actually exists, which is the first aim of our school, you are being directed in everything that you do by a carnal-minded state. Everything that you understand is pertinent to the things of the flesh and your pre previous experiences in life. Now, Paul talks about the problem with that carnal mind over, hold your finger in Romans 10, go back to the 8th chapter, and get Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, I'll tell you this. I never heard that scripture read 
in the church that I went to or quoted from the pulpit. When I came into this class and I heard to be carnally minded as death, my mind immediately went to my Catholic upbringing that carnal has to do with uh, relations that they say is prohibited. But I didn't know what it meant to be carnally minded. Never heard that before. Now, we've come to understand and learn from this teaching that a carnal mind or to be carnally minded means to have a fleshly mind, a fleshly way of thinking, and every thought, every motivation, every drive is driven by the satisfying of your fleshly desires and your experiences in this life. Now, that means that the problem is we're completely devoid of any knowledge of anything other than the physical creation that we live in. Now the Creator, and it was quoted tonight in John 4, uh, 4th chapter, it said that Yahweh is spirit, or God is spirit is what it says in King James. I don't believe I ever heard a minister or a priest get up and try to tell you what spirit is. Now I know that uh, uh, Steve had mentioned how that he found out that the spirit is attributes. Well, guess what? None of us knew that before we walked in the door. None of us knew what spirit was. And this teaching, and I'll have to say this up to it in respect to the, the, the idea of spirit. I have never heard another church in all the years I've been in this school teach that God or Yahweh exists in a state that we call pure spirit which is incomprehensible and inscrutable in that state. They don't believe that. They believe that spirit is a ghost. And then if a ghost, somebody's out of a physical body and they're, you know, a ghost walking around or whatever, that that's spirit. And that God is a, is a man shape. He's, in other words, he is a, uh, a ghost that has the shape and form of a man what we would refer to as an anthropomorphic being. Now little did we know that, first of all, Yahweh exists in a state that is without descriptive shape and form, and no man has ever seen him at any time. We didn't know that. They never quoted that in church, and I never heard a minister talk about it. I never heard Billy Graham talk about it. But it is crucial for you to come to the knowledge that Yahweh exists in a state of what is referred to pure spirit, which are divine attributes. And in that state, he does not have any kind of a shape that you can describe. He is not an anthropomorphic being. And being in that state, that it cannot be comprehended by man, Yahweh necessitated to take on a shape and form that man could comprehend. And so he took on a, a shape that they saw in visions and revelations down through your Bible. And that shape and form was a lesser state of Yahweh in that pure spirit state. And that shape and form communicated with mankind. Now, down through the Law and the Prophets, really, people didn't even know 
I'm talking about, when I say people, I'm talking about Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Abraham. They didn't even know what that shape and form state really was. That it was super incorporeal. And that that was a lesser state of Yahweh in his pure state of pure spirit. Now, when I learned these things when I first came in here, literally it blew my mind, to be honest with you. I had never in my, my life ever conceived of a creator and that with that kind of a, an understanding or idea. Now, I'm getting back to something. We were carnally minded, so we made God like we think of everything else that's fleshly. We had to be a man with a, an old man with a gray beard somewhere in a, in, a, in a medieval kingdom living somewhere up in the sky. That's all a carnal mind can comprehend and perceive. Now, to be carnally minded is death. Go back over to Romans 8, 6 and read down a little bit further, please. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Read. Because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh. Wow! We never knew that our natural mind, our carnal mind, carnal means not spiritual, having no comprehension or realization or consciousness of spirit, which all of us were in that state when we walked in the door. Now, we didn't know that it was enmity against Yahweh. Read. Because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh, for it is not subject to the law of Yahweh, neither indeed can be. Now listen, listen to what she just read. She said that the carnal mind is not subject to the law of Yahweh. Uh, could somebody put up the, the Moses chart for a minute, please? Now when Yahweh brought the children of Israel up, from Egypt into the wilderness of Sinai and gathered them around that mountain. It was during what we call the post-Diluvian age. It was before the time of the Messiah, uh, the birth of Yahshua in the flesh, and it was before the day of Pentecost. Now, every one of those people, even though they were Hebrews, were carnally minded. And they were gathered around that mountain, and Yahweh gave a covenant with laws. Well, little did we know that a carnal mind is not subject to the laws of Yahweh. They can't keep them. It's not a question of they'd like to keep them. They can't keep them with a carnal mind. Because they don't comprehend spirit, they have no way to please Yahweh. Keep reading, Callie, where you were in Romans. Sorry, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please Yahweh. Read. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Yahweh dwells in you. All right, now listen. Paul is writing this after the day of Pentecost. And he's writing it to a congregation of believers that now have the Holy Spirit. And he tells them they're not in the flesh. Now, it doesn't mean they're not in a physical body. What it meant is they're not in a fleshly-minded state any longer. Now, what I want you to know is that that carnal mind, ladies and gentlemen, has to be transformed. It has to be changed. 
and that and the and the creator is well aware of that now the problem is you don't have the power to change yourself from a carnal minded state to a spiritual minded state i don't care how many uh 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 classes of yoga you've taken how many times you've meditated and tried to reach nirvana or whatever you want to call it or you sitting down saying your prayers thinking about God that you don't know nothing about. I don't care. Any of that stuff isn't going to get the job done. People consider themselves being spiritual because they practice some of these things they think that are dealing with what's inside of them, not knowing that what they're practicing is is a carnal-minded uh, uh, imagination of what they think spirit is. Now, what I want you to realize is Yahweh knew this when he gave the law to Israel back there. He knew that they couldn't keep it. He knew that Adam couldn't keep the law over there in the Garden of Eden either. Now, what I want you to know is that he had this already planned and foreordained that what he would do is come in and cause a change to take place in the hearts and minds of men. And listen, that's why it's imperative that the heart plays a major role in this change. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go to Ezekiel 3624. 36.24. But I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring now you listen, into your Listen, he didn't say, I'm going to have you look for me and find me out of uh, coming out of your country and uh, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll find me somehow and then you can say, I found the Lord. No, he's not the one that's lost. You're the one that's lost. And you can't find him, ladies and gentlemen. Over there, the Messiah said, that no man cometh to the Son unless the Father draw him first. Now, listen, he's going to gather you out of all countries, out of all nationalities, out of all uh, races of men. He's gathering people from every walk of life, male, female, black, white, old, young, a highly intelligent, average intelligent, doesn't matter. Because he's going to bring us into our own land. And what is that land? Is it a piece of ground somewhere on the planet that we're going to map off and call this the Holy Land like the uh, Jews have done over there in the land of Israel? They think that's the land that God was talking about in the Bible. What they don't know is the land that he's talking about is you dwelling in Yahshua the Messiah. He's the promised land that Canaan's land was a type, shadow, and allegory of. And Yahshua told people, people all want to go to heaven. And Paul said over there that the kingdom is not meats and drinks, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now the Messiah, when asked when the kingdom would come, he told them it comes without observation. You're not going to see it coming. Because the kingdom is within you, he said. Now, what you have to understand is when he was sent the apostles out in the 10th chapter of Matthew, he told them to go out and preach. 
uh, and going to different cities and whatnot. And he said, and preach to them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what is that about? The kingdom of heaven that he was talking about is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would enter into the hearts and minds of men. Because the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So therefore, once you are put in the Holy Spirit, your heart and mind is put in that Holy Spirit, you are now in the kingdom of his dear Son. And Paul writes in Colossians, he said, we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear Son. Now translated means to be changed. Now what I want you to know is he said, I'll take you from among the heathen, I'll gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Read. Take you into your own land. Um, what Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. And you now shall listen, be he's not talking about taking you down to the creek. You follow and dunking you in the water. I mean, a couple people were talking about baptism tonight. Look, the water you were baptized in is highly polluted, whether you believe that or not. Holy water that we Catholics used to bless ourselves with, they did a, uh, a check of the water and found out it was highly polluted. There is no clean water. Now listen, the water that, you, that this scripture is talking about is not physical H2O or a carnal water. I call it that way because a carnal mind needs physical water. But the water that he's talking about is the same water that the Messiah at the well asked the woman if she uh, had water to give him. And then he told her, if you knew who was asking you, I would give you living water. And she didn't know what he was talking about. She said, well, wait a minute. The well is deep. How are you going to draw this water? She didn't know what he was talking about. He said, the water I will give will be in you, a well springing up into everlasting life. Now, Yahshua said in, in John 7, 38, He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The preaching of the gospel is a river of living water, ladies and gentlemen that can quench your thirst for knowledge and will cause you to be cleansed on the inside to clean your heart and your mind. And he said, I will uh, uh, sprinkle clean water upon you. Read, Roxy. I mean, Kelly. <laughs> Roxy can't read. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, right. Kelly. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will now I the, cleanse. The filthiness he's talking about is not your the, 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 the dirt that's on your skin. When we take a shower, we try to wash off all of the sweat and the oil and the dirt and the follicles of our skin and all that to get rid of it. Now look, the, the water that he's talking about that's going to clean you up is going to clean you of your theories, concepts, opinions, and all the thoughts that you have that are contrary to your creators. Keep reading, Kelly. 26. A new heart also will I give you. Now you're going to need a new heart to get cleaned up, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to need a new heart to be able to partake of this living water. Why? 
Because the people over there at the mountain were hard-hearted. And as he said in Deuteronomy, Oh, that there was such a heart in these people that they would love me and keep my commandments. They couldn't keep them. They didn't have the heart to do it. It wasn't in their heart. Well, later he commands them over there in, I believe it's Deuteronomy, the 10th or the 11th chapter. He commanded the Jews or the Hebrews to circumcise the foreskins of their heart. Now, they couldn't do that either. Now, in Deuteronomy 30 and 6, he then said, I will circumcise your heart to love me. Read that. Go get Deuteronomy 36, another reader, please. Where did you want? Deuteronomy 30 and 6. And oh, Yahweh thy Elohim will circumcise thy heart. Now Yahweh thy Elohim will circumcise thy heart. Read. And the heart of thy seed. To love Yahweh thy Elohim. You with can't all love thy him heart. with an uncircumcised heart. Mm -hmm. You cannot love him with an uncircumcised heart. Now listen, mm -hmm. what is that circumcision pointing to? Well, when you a circumcision from a natural standpoint is the cutting away of the foreskin. Or if I can be more direct, it's cutting away the flesh. Now with your mind and your heart, you are inundated in the flesh. And that flesh that you're inundated in is contradictory to loving Yahweh and to serving him and to know him. So what he has to do is he has to circumcise your heart. He has to cut away that carnal-minded thinking. He has to get rid of your theories, concepts, opinion, and he's got to get rid of you doing things your way so that you can understand something about his way. His way and your way are not the same. And Isaiah... 55, he said, his thoughts and his ways are as high above yours as the heavens are above the earth. And his thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways his ways, or his ways your ways. Now I want you to know that that's what's happening to all of us when we come in here. We are having every thought brought to the obedience of Yahshua the Messiah or Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. And we are acquiring every time he gives us a revelation of his purpose, something that we're learning in class, we are starting to acquire his thoughts. And it will direct us on how we should handle things and how we should uh, exercise uh, this great spirit of Yahshua now that's in us. That's his ways. Now that happens by you receiving a new heart. The new heart is the circumcised heart or the finished product of him causing that foreskin or that hard-heartedness to be taken away. And that will cause you to love him. And it will cause you to walk in his statues. Back to Ezekiel 36 there. I will give you a new heart. Start there. 26. A new heart also will I give you 
And a new spirit will I put within you. And I'm going to put a new spirit in you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have the Holy Spirit before he puts it in you. Well, how do you know that? Because he said, I'm going to give you a new spirit. If you had it, and you, you see, that would be an old spirit. Because you've had it all along. That's not the way it is. You're going to get a new spirit. And you're going to get a new heart, ladies and gentlemen. That heart is going to be shapened. And it's going to be uh, uh, molded and formed into a heart that is pleasing to Yahweh. That loves him. And it is crucial that that heart be put in you for you to come to a knowledge and an understanding of him and his purpose and plan. Without That's that right. spiritual mindedness, you cannot know the things of Yahweh. You cannot know the things of Yahweh. And that's also in your Bible over in 1 Corinthians. He said, What man knoweth the things of Yahweh, saveth uh, he that has the spirit of Yahweh? You understand? Because they, they are not able to be comprehended. So what I want you to see is, when Yahweh talks about the preparation of the heart in man, everything he sets up in his purpose from day one all the way down through, is his, is his preparation. In other words, all the witnesses, all of the principles that are hidden in those manifestations are all laid out in the Law and the Prophets. So that when you come down to class and the true gospel is expressed and taught, we're reaching right back into the things that were prepared for you to know now since the day of Pentecost. They were not given to them to know back then. They could not know the things of Yahweh under that covenant uh, and before the day of Pentecost, before the Messiah comes in. But the preparation was laid up down there. And therefore, when your heart was converted by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, that's what happened to the 120 people in that upper room. They instantly had a conversion take place within them. As we would call it, they were born again. And you have to be born again. You have to become a new creature in Yahshua the Messiah. And we want to see old things pass away. What do you mean old things? We don't want to be like we were when we walked in the door. We want to take on the divine nature. We want to walk in knowledge of our Creator and wisdom and love. love. And somebody asked Dr. Kinley, well, how do you know when you have the Holy Spirit? He said, when you love the brethren. Well, why would that take the Holy Spirit? You know, none of us in this class, I don't care who you want to put up on a pedestal, none of us are perfect. We all got issues. And yet every one of us need to be patient with one another, long-suffering, forbearing, and forgiving one another. That takes the Holy Spirit. That's divine love to be forbearing, to be long-suffering, to be patient with people. It's easy to love people that love you. And Yashua talks about that. He said, love your enemies as yourself. He said, what, what reward have you if you salute them that salute you? Do not the publicans the same. In other words, everybody loves the people that love them. But to love somebody that you not particularly uh, have what I could call, what I'll call chemistry with. For you to be long-suffering and patient with people 
that are yet growing in their understanding and don't have maybe the level of understanding you have, that takes the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, to cause us to be kind-hearted to one another and for us to try to bear, to keep the unity of the faith amongst the brethren. That mm -hmm. takes the Holy Spirit and Yahshua said, they shall know you my, are my disciples because you love one another. And listen, that heart, ladies and gentlemen, is not only crucial for us to be able to comprehend and know the things of the Spirit, but that heart is also necessary. I'm talking about that new heart that, you're, that he said he would give you for you to mm -hmm. believe this teaching. Mm -hmm. You cannot believe this teaching with a carnal mind and a carnal heart. It's contrary to Yahweh. It has to be changed. Go back to Ezekiel 36 there. I'll give you, uh, and a new heart will I put within you. Start there again. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh I will give you a heart of flesh. He's going to take away that hard heart. That's what a stony heart is. And he's going to give you a soft heart. That's that heart of flesh he's talking about. In other words, a tender heart. A soft heart, not a stony heart. And what I want you to know is that heart that he's going to give us, ladies and gentlemen, is Yahshua's own heart. That heart that was in Yahshua. That he loved Yahweh with all his spirit, with all his soul, and with all his might. And was willing to sacrifice his own will to do the will of the Father. Now that takes a heart of gold. You understand? That takes the Holy Spirit. And that heart of Yahshua is the heart that we are partaking in. That we are receiving. And listen, when they went over from the, land of, uh, from the wilderness of Sinai into the land of Canaan. If they were at Gilgal, Joshua was commanded to circumcise that second generation of Israelites because they had not been circumcised in the wilderness. And when Joshua circumcised them, it says he took a sharp stone and he cut away the foreskin of the heart. And these were grown men that he had to cut away, not babies or anything, like when they're circumcised eight days after they're born. But he had to circumcise these heart, these grown men. When we come in there, come in here, we think, oh, I, yeah, I know this, I know that, I know the other thing. You know, uh, you want to maintain your own pride. And Yahshua has to humble you so that you'll accept circumcision by somebody that has a sharp stone. Now, the sharp stone is the preaching of the gospel with witnesses. And so what I want you to know, see, we, we, uh, uh, see, we actually have a two-edged sword here that can cut asunder between soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. And that sharp sword that we have is the sword of the truth. When we preach the truth, it can do one of two things. It could be a scalpel that can heal you, that can cause you to be uh, 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 to get rid of disease within you, I'm talking spiritually, and cause a healing process to take place, or it can be a weapon that destroys you. 
And Dr. Kinley, when he got on the floor, he said, when I preach to one, I preach to all. And he would say things at times that were not easy things to hear or to bear. But we all had to accept the correction. And no correction, no chastisement seems joyous. But it's grievous. But nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised thereby. And that's what this gospel is, the chastisement of every one of us, correcting us, causing us to come into line, and causing our thoughts to be unified in Yahshua the Messiah, towards Yahweh, and a heart that is willing to do whatever the Creator would ask us to do, to be servants, and to do it out of love, not out of, you know, oh, gee, i got to go to class again tonight. No, we come, it's a labor of love. It's the work of the ministry. That's what we're doing under this covenant. And it takes a heart of gold, see, a precious heart, the heart of Yahshua to do the will of the Father. And we are receiving his heart, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're doing. And listen, he said, a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will cause you to do what? To walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments. Now, it's that spirit in us that causes us, through effectively working through our conscience, by knowledge of the truth, to cause us to be able to change our very behavior, our very way of thinking that contradicts those things that we have learned that are acceptable to Yahweh. I'm telling you, this gospel where you're being circumcised with the, every time you come to class, the preaching of the gospel is cutting away another piece of that carnal self, that carnal way of thinking. And we are, we are piecemeal coming to the perfect man uh, that the founder told us that he received in his vision and revelation. Now, I want to go back to Romans 10 again. And he talked about, again, start. I think we started at 10.9, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Start there. Go ahead. That if you shall confess with your mouth Yahshua the Messiah, and shall believe in your heart that Yahweh has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believed unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not enough for you to accept information as being correct. Now, I think Jacob was talking about academics. Listen, you can come into class and have an academic understanding. Now, if you look that word up in a dictionary, you'll find out an academics uh, uh, operation is when you have no experience and have, have really never done it, you just have information about it. That's it. In other words, it's not real to you because you've never done it before. But you read about it and you have information. Well, listen, there's a scripture in Timothy where Paul talks about ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me see if I can find that real quick. It's 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 7.
Sorry, I thought I hit myself unmuted. Second Timothy 3 and 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, some of us can come down to class and be ever learning and not come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, listen, some people, this gospel is nothing but information that they accept to be correct, to be ex accept that it's correct. There's no J in Hebrew, therefore his name couldn't be Jesus. Oh, I, I saw it when I checked it out in a book you know, a dictionary or whatever, that the name, true name of God was Yahweh. Look, that stuff is all part of what we're trying to do down here is educate you with the information that's true. But there comes a point where the kind of belief that we're, ha we're asking of you is not for you to believe that there's no J in Hebrew, therefore his name could be Jesus. The belief that we want is where the name of Yahshua actually is a reality to you that Yahweh is salvation. And that you believe in your heart that your creator laid down his life for you and has called you from darkness and chosen you to be a servant and to be a son. And that you value that above anything else in this life and you won't allow anything to ever interfere in your dedication to this great gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and Yahweh. Now, that's the kind of belief we're talking about, and that's got to go to the heart of the matter. In other words, we want that to be in your heart, not just in your head. Head knowledge ain't going to get it done, ladies and gentlemen. The belief has to be in the heart. Now, in the Bible, it talks about over there in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul talked about how that uh, in 15 and 1, he said he delivered unto them, first of all, what he received. Unless they had believed in vain, he said. Now, he, he didn't say unless you didn't believe. He didn't say unless you didn't believe, but you believed in vain. Well, how could you believe something and then it be in vain? That is where it's head information, but it never was a reality to you. Therefore, it didn't cause you to remain faithful down to the end. Did you know that Noah had a great following? before the flood, because he began to preach the vision that Yahweh showed him that the world would be destroyed by a great flood. And they believed him, and they went out, and many of them helped him construct the ark, go into the forest and cut the trees down, and then make that ark. And the problem was that Noah couldn't tell him it was going to happen in 120 years uh, in May. On May 17th. Couldn't tell him that. Because he didn't know. He didn't know when the flood would come. He only knew that he saw the vision of the flood. He did not know the year. So as time went on, they stopped believing because it never was in their heart to believe that the Creator, you follow, actually gave this vision to Noah and that they were actually required to accept and believe in Yahweh's word, or if they knew him back then, El Shaddai. But what I want you to know is little by little they fell away. They did not persevere. So by the time we get down to that last year when the flood would come, they were scoffers. They were apostate then, meaning that they renounced what they formerly believed. Now Noah believed to the saving of himself and his family. 
and therefore they remained steadfast and they remained faithful right to the end. And then Yahweh put them in that ark seven days before the flood came and sealed them in that ark of salvation. They were sealed in that ark of salvation because of their belief. They were saved because of belief in their hearts. And once the water came, now oh, I forgot to tell you, Dr. Kinley said this, that when Noah went in the ark, he said Yahweh Elohim had an angel seal the door of that ark so that it couldn't be opened. Because Noah, he said, was a very kind-hearted man when they started knocking on the door, which is inevitable to happen when the rain started, then they asked, well, gee, give me another chance. Open the door. Let me in. Didn't I help you build this ark? Noah would have opened the door, Dr. Kinley said, but Yahweh had sealed them in that lack of unbelief, and their fate was sealed. Therefore, they could not enter into that ark because of unbelief. And they all drowned in the flood. They died. But once that water started coming, ladies and gentlemen, that ark resurrected. And here's what happened. That ark was pitched on the outside, meaning it was black. And when you have a storm of that magnitude occur, those dark clouds roll in, and the whole horizon is black, so that the ark, they couldn't even find it. They couldn't even see it. When it resurrected from the waters, raising it up, they didn't know where the ark was. It left their sight, ladies and gentlemen, and they drowned. And Noah and his family were inside the ark, and they had light in the ark. The light was inside the ark, not on the outside. And they were saved because of belief. And so here we are coming down to the end of an age. And Yahweh's going to try the hearts of all of us. Whether this teaching was real to us, whether we really believed it, or whether we just fancied it for a while because it was interesting information or academia. But if it's not real in your heart, you will not make it. You will be lost. Because in order to be saved, we have to believe in our hearts and we have to confess Yahshua the Messiah with our mouth. That is to say, preach the gospel. Be a part of the preaching of the gospel. And that's what Paul is trying to get across here. And so what I'm saying here, because I know we're now almost out of time, only got four minutes left. What I'm saying here is the, the heart was prepared all the way down through the Law and the Prophets. And when that heart was given to us and we received that new heart, that new heart is under the New Covenant. There is no way for you to believe in this teaching without that new heart. And you don't choose to get that heart. You don't decide sitting there and deliberate say, well, I think I'll take that heart. You know, like when you go to a restaurant, somebody shows you a menu. Well, let's see, am I going to have the steak tonight or do I want seafood? Oh, I think I'll take the steak. And you make a choice. It's not that way. This heart is given to you as a gift from your creator. He gathers you out of all countries and he puts that heart in you when you don't even understand what that heart really is when you walk in the door. 
You don't know the value of that heart when you walk in the door. But he gives it to you while you're still yet ignorant in your heart and mind, and that then opens up for you uh, that spirit operating in you to reveal and get the things of Yahweh to give you a spiritual mindedness. And the only reason any of us believe this teaching is because Yahshua has been gracious enough to give us his heart, to put it in us, to believe. And even though we do believe, we do believe because he has given us a revelation. Without a revelation, you cannot believe this teaching. In Habakkuk, the first chapter, it said, I will work a work in your day that a man will not believe even though it be told unto him. You can't believe this teaching without the Holy Spirit and without that new heart. That's the way it is. And I want you to know that you are blessed because he's given you that heart. He's given you a spiritual understanding. He's, the Holy Spirit is revealing these things to you, and you are blessed above all men. And don't ever lose sight of that, how, how wonderful a gift that Yahshua has given you and has called you and chosen you to put his heart in you and to have his spirit dwell in you. With that, my brethren, I hope those words were encouraging. I hope that you got something out of it. As always, peace in Yahshua and love to all the brethren. I'll hand it back to the moderator. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now to be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.